Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Sunday for Sunday, November 12th, 2023. We've got another great show for you this week. We've got David Levine and Kevin Walsh, the Legal Eagles of Broom Law Group, standing by, and Oliver Rennick of Schwab Network will be joining us as well. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of BRN Sunday. But if you're tired of the same well, let's kick off the show as we always do with a look at what is cap happening, I should say, on Capitol Hill. And look, we, we both of us, all of us got back from the Spark Forum. There's so much going on in terms of new in, you know, implementations, integrations. Joining us on the line, David Levine, Kevin Walsh, both are principals with Groom Law Group. We also affectionately call them the Legal Eagles or the Legal Beagles, depending on who you talk to. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks, Travis. On Jeff, it's always good to be on. Uh, we hope that, you know, folks had a good Veterans Day weekend uh, and, you know, it's always going to be on the program. Yeah, we really appreciate it. David, I want to come to you because bo- all of us attended the Spark Forum. And and uh, one of the things that's often talked about in our industry, um, there's a lot of things. I mean, we've got Kevin's missing participants. But one of the things that we have been hearing about lately, artificial intelligence. And I'm not talking about uh, chat GPT. I'm talking about kind of this new wave of technology. I want to get your thoughts about a- yours and Kevin's thoughts about AI. Absolutely, Jeff. And it's great to be here with you again. I hope everybody's having a nice long weekend. If you have a long weekend, um, AI, it's a, a good starting point is what is it? The reason why I, I start here is this past week, we saw the bankruptcy of WeWork. Is AI WeWork? No. But a lot of people said, I don't understand what WeWork does because I can't figure out how they make money. Turns out they went bankrupt. Uh, and Neither uh, could they, Dave. The mar- <laughs> and, and, you know, there were pros and cons to the model is my nice way of saying it. AI is a buzzword that gets tossed out a lot. So maybe let's unpack it a little bit out of the box. Artificial intelligence is something that people have talked about for decades in the land of technology. We are all cyborgs in some way right now. How many of us, at least once a day, if not many more times a day, pick up our phone to look at the weather, look at the time, follow our calendar, try to figure out what's new by typing something in on your favorite search engine, whether it be DuckDuckGo or Google, depending on your privacy preferences. The (laughs) the key is AI is a terminology, just like blockchain got a lot of press a couple of years ago and still does. There's always, it's sort of a popular term. So where is it? In the retirement space, you've heard, you hear a lot about how can we make things more efficient with AI? Why and more, and create better outcomes. Why do you hear that? A, people are looking for ways to improve outcomes, which is great. B, we all know that we're on a constant sort of hamster wheel of trying to reduce costs and make things more efficient. So AI is almost computer machine and I hate to use the word learning. When you talk about AI figuring things out, it's not that it's sentient or like like a human being and like thinks through things. It still is a computer program. A very simple way to describe it is sometimes you hear the phrase of so-called large language model, which is not a simple way. But the idea is 
AI oftentimes is where you basically have a computer like a Google on steroids. It, it indexes and search and scans a million different things. And it doesn't understand, I'll call it the subjective features of them, what makes a painting pretty. But what it does see is it understands the arrangements of the different facets and ties together people's commentary by picking the words and everything and put together. It doesn't say, oh, this person said it's great. It just says, oh, great is used this frequently within this type of context for this with these types of words. It's kind of a big probabilities discussion. That's a simplified explanation. But AI has some real potential opportunities. From an operational standpoint, it can be good, and you see it even in computer coding already, because some things in computer coding are, are, are repeatedly. It can be good at generating quick, like chatbot responses. How do I fill out a beneficiary form? I, I'm having an issue with this. AI is great for that because a beneficiary form, you get questions, and once you have enough of a database of questions and you've trained it or it's, and gotten more questions, the computer program can effectively predict with a pretty high degree of certainty what the necessary answer is. Is it perfect? No. That's why I say we're cyborgs. We're mated with it. So it could it can increase efficiencies and, and, and process. A second area where AI has real potential is also on advice and customization and personalization. Now, the SEC is looking into this exact topic, and there's questions about the role of AI there. And even the new proposed fiduciary rule has in it sort of discussing sweeping in some robo advice into some of the exemptions and how the process works. And there's a lot of questions still to be had, but it can allow for, in a sense, efficiency while also utilizing large data sets to really create specified information unique to people, which means that instead of having to have a thousand call reps, maybe you need 200 higher trained call reps and then use AI for a lot of the basic questions that bluntly, it might even be more reliable occasionally on things for it. But there's, you can't really replace humans. And I think people who's, who, who say AI is going to replace everything, that's a far, far step away. But that's, of course, you know, a human f fear that we're going to be replaced. So it does come up all the time. And Jeff, David, I, yeah, Dave, Kevin, I want to come to you because uh, I can definitely see, I think the industry can see all the positive applications of artificial intelligence. One area that I want to ask you about, missing participants, because I could see where this could do some scraping and go out and, and try to find people in various databases. Um, and I also want to ask you about pr the balance with privacy, because we've talked about with both you and David, Kevin, um, you know, the data is needed. You can't get personalization without it. Uh, AI is really going to enhance things. So how do you balance all these things? You know, that's a great question, Jeff. And if we look at kind of the retirement system, we've, we've, you know, we've been as impacted by the fads as others have been. Um, if you remember five years ago, we were talking a whole lot about how blockchain was going to solve all these problems and blockchain was going to solve missing participants. Um, now we're talking about AI as a possible solution to, you know, similar issues. And, and with AI, um, <clears throat> it's a little bit easier to see the use case directly uh, in a way that with some of these predecessors was tougher. Um, with AI, and, you know, we look at this and we can see it through different pieces of different things the administration said, I think there's a real opportunity here that AI could be powerful and it could help, you know, really identify missing participants. It can comb data effectively. It can develop processes that we, we you know, would take us a while to identify. 
uh, in order to you know help solve that problem. On the other hand, you know you highlighted privacy and what we're going to have to balance here, and and we're going to have to either let develop or we're going to have to curtail at a at an administrative level is you know how do you balance privacy with AI? Um, because yes, it definitely could help find people. Um, on the other hand, you know having machines pour through data sets uh, can create its own you know potential concern cases. Yeah, and, and I'll just and, say, go ahead. I, one question, David, then I'll let you complete the, sure. your thought process and we can wrap the segment because I know you guys are exhausted from being on the road. Uh, these issues that we're talking about are in every industry, uh, medical, uh, the medical field, healthcare, uh, manufacturing. I mean, this is not just about retirement. We're talking in the context of retirement, but this applies everywhere. And we even had the Congress now looking I want to say the Congress, or is it, is it the Senate, actually looking at artificial intelligence and the regulation around it? Agreed. And, and Jeff, I think you hit the point I was going right to. Oh, sorry. There are sort of, no, thank you. It was great. There are some, there are some real technical questions, because when you feed an AI system like with data, who gets to use that data? Where does it go? It's the favorite discussion that Kevin and I have our ping pong on about privacy matters. Where is the data used? Where is it kept? What's the future use of it? Uh, how do you secure it? These are all items that are that are out there. Now, large language model databases, there was litigation actually going on in Hollywood about, about some usage and in the art community because large language models don't actually necessarily keep a pure copy of anything that they look at. They more sort of decompile it down into, I'll call it source elements. It's kind of like breaking something down. And given that, there, the question is what's actually in the system and what can be pulled out of the system is a real question that I think we'll have to see. And this is something that I know will keep Kevin and I busy for a good bit of time as we go forward. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the shift and not just for you gentlemen who in the retirement space, but also obviously in the health care and benefit space. Gentlemen, we're going to have to leave it there. These are the road warriors, gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the audience. They've been on the road all week. Uh, David Levine, Kevin Walsh, thanks so much for joining us. Get some rest, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for having us on, Jeff, and thank you, listeners. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement 
with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're going to change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back, and now we're going to break down markets, the economy, and a lot more. Joining us on the line, he is the lead anchor for the Schwab Network, Oliver Rennick. Oliver, thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you very much, Jeff, for having me. Always a, a fun conversation with you. Oliver, let's look at the week in totality. I want to get your reaction to markets, and I'll just give you my layperson's perspective. The markets still seem to be on fire, meaning they're not weighed down by some of this maybe economic news or the global political news that we're experiencing. Yep. Market has proven uh, very impressive and is kind of trying to rev up again right now. You've got some really key leaders that have reemerged back at the front of the pack. Companies like Microsoft trading at all-time highs. Companies like Apple trading above their October highs which has brought the NASDAQ 100 uh, back above its October high as well, which is kind of a key technical level because it means that for the first time since July, when stocks peaked, we've actually made now a higher high on a monthly basis, which is the first step towards a major reversal. So uh, bulls have a lot going for them right now technically and arguably fundamentally as well because our economy continues to be so far ahead of the rest of the world and surprisingly strong without the burden of booming inflation again. And so the investing community is very confident that the Federal Reserve won't have to hike again and that our economy will indeed achieve this not just soft landing, but almost kind of like second wave of of strength without uh, producing any problems. Now, Oliver, um, I, you know everyone likes a good story, uh, but I'm reminded of a lyric from the Grateful Dead's Uncle John Band that when life looks like easy street, there's danger at your door. So let's peel back the onion a little bit. <laughs> where, where you like that? I always look. I'm a big deadhead. I love to get the dead into every conversation I can. But seriously, let's peel it back a little bit. Where are there concerns in our economy and our markets? Well, we've definitely seen. Uh, some cracks forming in the economy, no question about it. Um, We've seen unemployment uh, creeping up. We've seen actually the employment situation generally uh, worsen over the last uh, half a year, roughly, Uh, but nothing that is extremely dramatic and nothing that suggests the crack is going to develop into a fracture or an earthquake. So there are definitely reasons to believe that there could be problems, you know, six months to a year ahead. Uh, but that's kind of always the case, you know, um, things come as a surprise. The major threats in the immediate future have been largely either disproven, sort of in the case of a financial event tied to regional banks, uh, that is now far enough behind us and much of the, um, problems structurally underneath that have been sufficiently sort of um, plugged 
um, a little bit, those leaks. And the inflation situation, which is still probably the number one threat, uh, seems to be fairly under control. Uh, inflation, though, has, by measure of CPI, been climbing since uh, the summer as well. So technically, you do have uh, an issue where, on the very margin, uh, unemployment is slightly rising while inflation is slightly rising. But both of them are um, coming off of uh, generally a strong period in which we're kind of taking in stride. So obviously, we've, we had so much employment strength for so long that some of the weakness here is um, uneventful and um, unworrisome generally. And the inflation situation is not good, um, obviously. Prices are still very elevated, and mm-hmm. so uh, inflation staying where it's at is not good. But at least the rate of change has uh, slowed significantly, and um, it just did not break the consumer the way – so many thought it would. And so now uh, we're in a scenario where a lot of things that could have gone wrong very reasonably, we could have been worried about. We don't really um, have to be right now. And that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, they won't creep back up on us. In fact, in our previous conversations, you probably will recall that my big concern is that the second wind of the economy was coming and it did and that it would bring another wave of inflation. But so far, it has only really kept inflation anchored where it is, um, which, of course, is not ideal, but it is not such a problem that the Fed has to apply an additional degree of pressure to the economy like they did last year. And so that's where we have markets really breathing the sigh of relief. Uh, Oliver, last question. Um I hope this isn't too invasive. I try to, you know, just for the audience's benefit, Oliver never knows what's coming. He's always very gracious in accepting um, the invitation and the the questions that I come up with. So, Oliver, I guess my last question is when you look at the the flows of money, uh, bonds, equities, um, where are investors putting their money? We're not going to provide financial advice, but just as a matter of record. Where where sure. is money flowing? So this, you know, we don't want to provide any investment advice here. Well, yeah, you can measure it in a few ways. Um, one of the big moves over the last uh, seven months, six months, has been uh, money market funds. People putting their money into money market funds. People also putting their money into CDs or putting their money just into short-term T-bills as well. That's been a very popular trade, and that is um, an important part of the. Uh, conversation that uh, we were just having with regards to some of the big risks that have been uh, largely not solved, but kind of papered over for the moment. Um, if you think about regional banks, one of the problems there was that investors were yanking their deposits out because they weren't earning anything on those deposits. And instead, a lot of that money was finding its way into money market funds, which makes sense, mm-hmm. even though they may not be necessarily the most like um, tax efficient or price efficient way to get that return. But they make more sense than for many people just leaving their money in cash. And so as that money is coming in a lot of these money market funds, um, there is a kind of natural um, uh, symbiosis that's happening with those flows and where uh, the Treasury is trying to issue more debt, which has been on the short end and trying to push um, up in maturity 
uh, or I guess down and depending on your perspective, but pushing the issuance of the treasury uh, debt towards the short end, which is more, more readily being gobbled up right now. People are happy to take, you know, 5% in a short period of time. So that's probably a, uh, one place where a lot of the money has gone. And then just looking at stocks too, um, a lot of uh, money has gone back into big tech companies that are seen as being sort of cash flow stalwart and pseudo safety plays in a way, uh, which is not totally unreasonable um, if the bond market stays calm. Um, but those tech trades will not be safe if inflation next week does come in hot. The Fed is forced to get a little bit more aggressive, then that whole bet is off. So uh, that still remains a certainly not risk-free trade. But so far, uh, if you have the right stocks, then big tech has worked and you're generally pretty happy. So I have generally quality companies too. And I say tech, I'm kind of talking about just, uh, you know, um, the big high the, quality. Sort yeah. Of, the big, qu- yeah, yeah. You know, which are consumer com services, you know, all that type of stuff that have, um, um, uh, that have proven themselves to be efficient, um, regulators of, of their own capital. Well, Oliver, uh, we really appreciate you coming on the program folks. He's on Monday through Friday. He bookends the coverage on the Schwab Network. You're not going to miss it. And he's very generous, generous with his time for the broadcast retirement. Thanks, Network. Sir. We get him out. Uh, we get a little bit of time on the weekend, too. Oliver Rennick, great to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. Bye. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Sunday. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget... Roll with the changes.